big fluff. And the next morning, you wake to find him fully dressed, sat on the side of the bed, gazing at you. He says that last night was incredible, which you think is an overstatement. But then he goes on to say that it was particularly special because uh, I've never managed to actually up the bum with anyone before. To be fair, he does have a large penis. And although it's always been a fantasy of mine, I've never found anyone I could do it with. And then he touches your hair. And thanks you with a genuine earnest. Thank you. It's sort of moving. Then he kisses you gently. And then he leaves. And you spend the rest of the day wondering. Do I have a massive asshole? Official podcast of HoboTrashCan.com. You can share your thoughts on the show anytime by emailing Joel at Murphy's Law at HoboTrashCan.com. Hello, this is John O'Hurley, and you're listening to Hobo Radio, where anything is possible. Hello again. I'm Joel Murphy. This is Hobo Radio. And with me is, I forgot to look up a fun one of these, Big Vinegar, Lars Perry. As right as I was starting, I was like, I feel like there's something I should have done. So Yeah, I, <laughs> I like the way you said it that time. And uh, also, I didn't know those things were supposed to be fun. So oh. I missed that part. Uh, you know what? Let's get that out of the top. A lot of what we do on the show is supposed to be fun. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. So this is supposed to be entertaining. Yeah. Um, like I feel like we need like a little disclaimer at the end. Uh, you know, the the preceding uh, podcast may not have been enjoyable for everyone. <laughs> Please consult your doctor before listening to podcast. This podcast has a case of the spostas. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh, but yeah, how you doing, man? <laughs> okay. How are you? I'm good. Uh, are you prepared to spend a lot of time talking about Todd Phillips? Yes. Cause that's what's happening. <laughs> Please. Because I was, uh, I have been, it's been occupying too much stuff in my brain. Like I don't, we just said last week, what the fuck is this movie? And apparently everyone else is asking the same question, except they've all come up with their own answers. Well, it's also, so it's fascinating too, because yeah, as we've talked about, uh, this, this Joker movie quite a bit, it finally comes out. It seems like it's been years <laughs> that it's mm -hmm. been, uh, promoted and discussed. Uh, but yeah, it's getting ready to come out. But what was fascinating is like, it seemed to me early on, the original buzz was fucking nuts for this movie. The idea was just like, this is going to win an Academy Award. And also dumb people were like, it's going to be the first superhero movie ever to be taken seriously at the Academy Awards because I can't remember earlier this year when that happened with <laughs> Black Panther. <laughs> I, yes, I they, they forgot that several of these movies have been represented, celebrated, and have won Academy Awards. The one with a Joker in it. The last guy, yes. the last guy that we acknowledge played the Joker. Uh -huh. uh, like he he won an Academy Award for doing so. 
Yes. Yes, yeah. he did. The other guy who did it, uh, they just released a trailer for Birds of Prey that like pretty makes it clear like this guy's not in it. Like just if you were thinking about seeing Birds of Prey, just know we have a no Leto promise. Uh-huh. It's like um it's almost like we were all at a party and Harley Quinn was there and we all met her and liked her a lot and then kept saying, I hope I hope she ditches that dirt bag. Yeah. And I hope she's okay. I want her to be okay. And if she chooses to be with him and she's okay, then that's her choice. But I think she'd just be so much happier. Mm-hmm. And this trailer was saying, she's fine. Yeah. He's gone. She's much better now. Yeah, she's, you know, she's taking some time for herself. Uh, <laughs> I also I love the idea that we cast Ewan McGregor to be like what the part that Jared Leto probably should have played in this movie. But we we're like, look, mm-hmm. we're not going to do that to you. There will be a guy who will be shitty to her as an adversary, mm-hmm. but it's not going to be him. <laughs> the bad man's gone. Yeah. Yeah. It really, but God damn it. I don't know if you watched that trailer, but that trailer is real good. I've watched it multiple times at this point. Yeah, it is. It is good. It is. And plus, I I remember um, uh, a few years ago at the Oscars, they brought on like a bunch of the Avengers all to present something at the same time. And like Sam Jackson went off, went off script and got got called out. And then they all there was like a hubbub on stage where they started busting each other's balls. Like we all we all know and love them. And they are taken seriously, not only as as blockbusters but as art not serious enough in my opinion but i'm a fanboy yeah you guys haven't noticed yeah don't tell anyone please. i mean yeah so we could have a whole yeah i mean it's it's weird like i don't know the you know the fact that people like robert redford do these movies and then they're still like but i don't know you know are they for reals right ah bless me you are blessed thank you yeah, sorry. If you're I, allergic to sexy, we can take the video off or something. <laughs> that, that, I'm not even engaging with that. We're letting it. <laughs> we're letting that go. Uh, go. I wish you could see him. Oh, fair listeners, you, you turned beat red. He's so embarrassed now because I called him out for thinking I'm sexy. Oh, I thought you meant that uh, your your lady friend was walking back and forth in the background <laughs> that's what you're referring to that is the cleaning lady i've made that clear <laughs> uh no but so okay so this todd phillips character this guy mm-hmm. uh best known as we've discussed before for uh his epic cameo where he asked if it was the gangbang in right in the film old school. old school that's him yeah so he's that guy. Just keep that in mind. Todd Phillips is here for the gangbang. If that's not his epitaph, then I don't know what all of this was for. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, but so this this film, The Joker, like the early buzz was nuts. Like people were losing their minds. Like the, mm-hmm. the De Niro was in it and they were acting like it was De Niro from 20 years ago was in it. Uh, like just the, the way it looked, like the trailer, everyone got super excited. People who had seen it. Uh, you know, talked about how yeah, it's cruising. I think it still is, but um, when it started hitting the film festivals, uh, the IMDb rating stayed at like above nine and a half. With like yeah. this is with like almost fifteen thousand reviews. Yeah, it, like it was universally praised early on. Like everyone loved it. There was a lot of buzz both for Joaquin Phoenix to get nominated and for the film to get nominated for Best Picture. And what's insane is since the last time we talked, like within the past week, Todd Phillips in a very Joker-esque, possibly meta marketing move for this film has been going out of his way to destroy all goodwill for this film and for mm-hmm. him and to tell everyone to fuck themselves. And it's yeah. <laughs> kind of astonishing to see. Um, I don't understand. I really don't understand. Yeah, like it, it was the studio was telling me that like I don't want to get too deep into it because it's a sensitive subject and I don't know how to talk about those. Um, but with people worrying about the, the movie inciting um, violence or maybe copycats from from what happened in Aurora, um, Aurora, Colorado and stuff, which is horrendous. And the studio was saying and a lot of other people were like understood. But still, it's it's still just a movie. That guy, that guy was something else like. He he isn't 
he isn't actually a human probably um and uh, we're just we, it doesn't mean we can't have fun with movies it doesn't mean this character is marred forever like let's just uh, you, you are heard you are understood but this is just a movie I think everything's gonna be fine and that dust settled now there wasn't even much dust to begin with the yeah. people who had those concerns were actually very reasonable about them just saying can we all keep this in mind rather well, than painting it or anything there's definitely there was a bit of like you know the obviously the the mass shooting stuff is very concerning and there was a little bit too of just uh you know, talk of like the sort of reading the room a little better, the messaging of like, what are we, you know, if, if we are going to treat these films as art and like putting them out into the world, like what is the message behind, you know, and let's be honest, a white guy who's an outcast mm-hmm. who, uh, like the whole film is sort of like this guy is pushed to the edge. And then mm-hmm. so like there, there was a bit of the film's messaging as well that I think was playing into this in addition to the, the dark Knight Aurora mm-hmm. stuff. So mm-hmm. there was a lot, but yeah, it was sort of, I think understandable reservation that yeah, was just raised. There was some talk of like law enforcement agencies being on high alert, but it was probably honestly something that would have blown over, you know, because honestly, that, that stuff was happening when we recorded the last show. And I even kind of like considered getting into it. I think there's a moment you can kind of hear in last week's show where I like almost engage with all that. And then I kind of yeah. pivot because I was like, I, you know, I don't really want to get into all this. And like, yeah, it was just it was something worth noting. It's, it's definitely something that unfortunately I think is going to be in people's minds when they go to see the film. Sure, sure. But sure. again, not really a knock necessarily on the film. Uh, just more of like questions are are like some pondering of like what what is this film trying to say are is there a message to it like is there a larger point that you're trying to make which seemingly is what you are like because there was a little bit of like having it both ways of like well this is an elevated comic book movie we want it to be taken more seriously than other comic book movies but also it's not saying anything there is no message to it like there's no right like it can't be both you know it can just be it can't well you know i think The only the only thing that has come close to that, in in my personal opinion, is Logan, in that it was an elevated comic book movie. In that it was, um, there were characters. That, it wasn't just because it was dark. It was characters that have that have at the end of their journey. You know, there isn't really, um, there isn't a big mission. There isn't a lot. There isn't a, really a lot at stake, you yeah. know. Like it, it matters to us because we're on, we're on the journey with them. We're watching their story, but relatively, there isn't a lot at stake at this. You just want, you want to see good things happen to characters w- that haven't had a lot of good things happen to them <laughs> for yeah. very long. Um, and and so it was elevated, and it was different. It was a it was a different tone. It was um, uh, there were different character, different versions of characters that we've known for a long time. But it, it wasn't really about anything. It was just a story. That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. But uh, but anyway, so all of this to say, yeah, this could have just blown over. It could have been I don't know, like a blip. I mean, honestly. Who really, when you think of the Nolan trilogy, you know, you don't think of uh, the Aurora stuff that much. Like, it's it's there. It's a weird footnote. But, like, ultimately, you know, it it's just, I don't know. We have so many shootings that, like, God, yeah. I mean. Yeah. You know what? I was, ju- I was just about to say, um, Logan actually could have been about a dying man who's trying to get to Canada for health care. <laughs> Honestly, that is kind of there. Like, that's true. Uh, but, um Anyway, all of that to say, like, this could have all gone away, but Todd Phillips made an interesting choice. It totally would have gone away because yeah. it would have, the movie would have opened and nothing would have happened yeah. and then yeah. it would have been fine. Exactly. And I mean, I guess maybe to Todd Phillips' credit, we're not so much talking about all that anymore. But what we are talking about is, uh, well, there were first, there's, so there's this choice quote uh, where he was doing an interview and he said, Go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture. There are articles written about why comedy doesn't work anymore. I'll tell you why. Because all the fucking funny guys are like, fuck this shit. Because I don't want to offend you. It's hard to argue with 30 million people on Twitter. You just can't do it, right? So you just go, I'm out. I'm out. And you know what? With all my comedies, I think that's what comedies in general all have in common, is that they're irreverent. So I go, how do I do something irreverent but fuck comedy? Oh, I know. 
let's take the comic book movie universe and turn it on its head with this. And so that's really where it came from. I'm here for the gangbang. That's how he ended it. It was weird that he threw that in. But I guess it's like his tagline. So he just like. Yeah, he's, yeah, he he's tries got a catchphrase in the real world. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. he's. Yeah, always, I, hear, I hear that's how he gets off the phone now. He doesn't He doesn't say goodbye or anything. And yeah. I heard when he. Click. I heard when he came over to De Niro's house to pitch him on this movie. That's he knocked on mm-hmm. the door and he said, I'm here for the gangbang. It's kind of yeah. his, his move. But yeah. Funny. That's funny. <laughs> uh so, so there we go. That's a thing that he said. What? I don't understand. I don't. Do you know how much of a dinosaur you sound like when you say something like, "Oh, you can't even say anything anymore." Like, there's no, there's no way to be funny without offending someone these days. It's not possible. Yeah, which is really funny because, you know, uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge just won three Emmys. <laughs> Uh, for, you know, she did this show Fleabag that the opening monologue of season one is about mm-hmm. her like having anal sex and wondering if she, she has a massive asshole <laughs> that won she won an Emmy for that television show, but you know, the fucking PC police just won't let you be funny anymore. That's why the righteous gemstones like got canceled uh-huh. and isn't on every week with just like dudes dongs like flopping around. Yeah, and, yeah. That's why it, it didn't get renewed for season two just a couple days ago. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's an insane argument to say that like, you know, comedy, especially now with like so many, you know, options of outlets and like cable outlets and such that like that in any way comedy is being silenced you know like mm-hmm. we even got you know movies like book are still coming out and the whatever the one that oh, totally. seth rogan made the you know i don't know yeah i just i just watched an episode of letter kenny last night where there were um two straight buff dudes in a gym talking to two buff gay dudes and they were trying to figure out what's a good word to call gay dudes these days. Yeah. <laughs> and they, they landed on by their names, but the whole discussion was goddamn hilarious. They went through every single one. I mean, the hardest that I have ever seen, uh, Molly laugh was watching the last season of Bojack Horseman, the episode where Todd and his girlfriend who are both asexual go over to her hypersexual family's house <laughs> And just like oh, the, yeah, everyone starts yeah, like yeah, yeah. flopping around in lube and like they're discussing the fact that Todd better have an erection or else he's offended the dad. Like it is the most ridiculous. Yeah, he, he's demanding that Todd plug the barrel of, of lube with his erection. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's in a cartoon with like animals in it. You know, like it's a ridiculous yeah, argument. And look, we know we know Todd felt look the, the the way the way you stay uh relevant it isn't by pushing your envelope so much as evolving with the times and I'll go no further than Martin Scorsese. That's the beginning and end of my argument is Martin Scorsese. Um but uh, yeah, you have to try harder. Like, it's not funny anymore to um, to walk in on two men in a compromised situation and have a misunderstanding, and then someone calls them gay in a pejorative way. You have to try a little harder than that. Yeah. That doesn't mean comedy is dead. Yeah. And, I mean, you can even look at Judd Apatow as a guy who, you know, made a lot of comedies that that was a thing. You know, I mean, yeah. like... You know, I like I enjoy the movie um, uh, The 40 Year Old Virgin, but God, mm-hmm. there's just like 20 minutes of that. It's yeah. just guys calling other guys gay. Like, yeah, you said you said like what one of you and your what you and Molly's uh, go to movies is Jay and Silent Bob, which could have been called Gay Panic the Movie. Yeah, and, and that's the thing too is like, you know, I think. The goal is to just move forward. Like, I think things can live in the past and we can remember them, you know, fondly for the time and then watch it now and go, oh, God. I just saw an interview. Eddie Murphy talked about the fact that he cringes when he watches Raw and Delirious now. Like, yeah, there's sure, stuff in sure. those where he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, I was a young man. Like, I, you know, like, I look at that stuff now and I, you know, I kind of just cringe. Like, I think that's right. and that doesn't like, but that's. 
I, it's so weird to me because the the argument that people like Todd Phillips seem to be making is just counterintuitive to comedy, which is such a like comedy isn't meant to last. It's not like music where you know you you might see a band that you liked 20 years ago and you want them to play the songs from 20 years ago. You don't mm-hmm. want to see a comedian do the jokes they were doing 20 years ago. Like you just comedy is meant to be of the time. It doesn't resonate. It doesn't last, you know, like it, it doesn't have a shelf life, you know, it goes away pretty quickly and that's okay. Like that that's should be the goal because jokes work by being new. That's why Steve Martin quit doing stand-up. Mm-hmm. This is because he hated that when he got super popular, everybody knew the jokes and what and the songs and stuff, and they'd call them out and they would do them along with him. And he was like, this isn't what I got into this to do. Yeah, yeah, d- totally. It, it's, it shouldn't, you know what? Yeah, I feel bad for Eddie Murphy. He shouldn't have said Goonie Goo Goo so many times. I mean, yeah. That's probably, probably what it is. I just got, I'm sorry, I, I should have warned you before I said that out loud. But yeah, you can't go around just yelling Goonie Goo Goo. But is it, I mean, the Flight of the Concords did the same thing. They stopped uh, doing their show and stopped touring for yeah. a while. Like, just because they were having the same problem where they were like, people are requesting our songs like it's a rock concert. Like, that's not right. why we do comedy. Yeah, totally. They, yeah, they, they said, you know, People go to a comedian show to see new material, but they go to a concert to see songs that they love. And so we're right in the middle that you want new material, but you also want to hear the same stuff live that you've already heard before. So where does that where does that leave us? Yeah, but it's just so to me, it's just a weird argument to be sitting there going like you can't do the same comedy that you could do 10 years ago. You shouldn't do the same comedy. That you I mean, you sh- if you're still doing the same comedy you were 10 years ago, then you're washed up anyway. It doesn't right. matter yeah. what society is doing. You're just saying there's only one way that I know how to do comedy. Well, that's lame. And how are you successful then? Well, it's also it's such bullshit because it's like they always try to pretend like, again, you can't be crass. You can't joke about certain things. And that's sort of the examples we gave. Are, are, there's tons of things that are super offensive. I mean, go on Twitter. Most like young people, you know, people that are much younger than us, like they just love to talk about eating ass for some reason. It's like their favorite yeah. thing in the world. Like, yeah, yeah. Well, don't knock it. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not here to judge whatever you do in the privacy. <laughs> yeah, but talking about excessively is like, well, okay. But <laughs> there's, I'm just, there's other stuff going on. But I'm just saying, like, the idea that you can't talk about things, it's just you can't punch down. You can't just, you know, make lazy jokes about the LGBTQ community. You can't make yeah. lazy jokes and about yeah, people of color. It like, isn't even like you can't. You can, but there's going to be negative repercussions. The point is, why do you want to now? Well, like, right. Yeah. Now, now that people have like, people have spoken up, we have, we, we have a voice now. We all didn't understand how hurtful things like that could be. And we know now. So you're bitching that, I don't know, that people are more sensitive now, that people are trying to be a, a little nicer to one another, that maybe some shit just isn't funny. I guarantee if you if you make um, if you make a, a, a misogynist joke, a, a joke about the LGBTQ community, that's funny. There's going to be fewer people that are upset about it. Right. But why? Why even do it? There's a whole goddamn universe of existence to talk about and to make fun of or laugh at in some way. Why does it have to be that? Right. Yeah. But also, meanwhile, I do love to that. Like the one I forgot to mention as well is Taika Waititi, who's a gift to us all, is playing Hitler in his next movie. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but yeah, but all of that to say, yeah, it was a very weird move by Todd Phillips to, ju- and he's since kind of like doubled down and just been like really leaning into this and just you know, it's also, I also just as a comic book fan, I really do push back on the like. So then, what I decided to do since I couldn't do comedy anymore was I decided to turn comic books on their head, and it's like, look, man, I. I'm intrigued by this movie. It, it it looks like it's shot in a very beautiful way, but like literally 
everything that you're saying that you're trying I wanted to do like a grittier version of this world and yeah, like a more realistic yeah. that's everything that Christopher Nolan already did like so yeah seriously if you wanted to if you wanted to turn comic books on their head you had to do it before Alan Moore did it yeah yeah, I mean, Alan. Aside Moore, from that, aside from that, it's it's done, it's gone, it's been done. You're late, way late to the party, man. Yeah, like this idea that you're doing anything that comics haven't done. Like comics have covered every end of the spectrum, from campy, ridiculous to super gritty, realistic, and everything mm-hmm. in between. Like it's not, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know. Listen, I know they're not. Um, I know they're not considered gritty or anything, but in Endgame, I saw a um, I saw a Tony Stark that was half dead from exposure and starvation rip an arc reactor out of his chest and shove it in Captain America's face. So don't tell me that that you're turning it on its head with something dark because all, all up until now it's just been like campy shit for kids right no there's been a fair amount of darkness i mean the infinity war ended with half of all life on all planets being wiped out i just don't know who who's how's he t- i guess we got to see the damn movie if he's gonna turn them on their head I know, by basically doing i'll say an homage to a 30 year old movie apparently <laughs> right right well yeah yeah and listen man don't I'm I'm already skeptic because it looks like you cast Robert De Niro in a role where he's required to be funny. Yeah. And we've all seen how well that goes. I'd also I would just point out that it is a bold move to really be super self-aggrandizing when you made a movie that uh, definitely like seems to borrow heavily from Scorsese and uses a character you did not create. So like, <laughs> like you get into, you know, speaking of Alan Moore, like you get into a question yeah. of like, what did you create here? <laughs> like, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And the thing is, is here's what I don't, here's what I don't understand. And I'll never understand about, so, so I'll never understand about the human ego is he, <clears throat> He made a thing that people were really excited about, and um, the people who saw it really liked it, and they're telling everyone else, it's really good, and there's all this hype leading up to it, and um, all he has to do is nothing. Mm-hmm. What he says is, amongst all this buzz, when his movie's about to come out and everyone's excited to see, he says, fuck all you people. <laughs> yeah. but, but, but why? <laughs> Again, like we, we need us way more... Uh, we need we need you way less than you need uh no we need you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you need us more than, than we, we need you need cheese yeah and mm-hmm. um no that's not true either because we need cheese you say it for me uh they'll make another one if you yeah. if this doesn't yeah, work up. like if if we all turn on you I mean, DC's a fucking mess. That's the thing. You don't work for Marvel. Also, if you worked for Marvel, you had already been fired. But, like... (laughs) But, yeah, you don't work for Marvel, bro. Like, you you work for the one that's a mess. Like, where... Like, they'll... We just discussed. Like, they're already pretending that most of Suicide Squad didn't happen. We're we're making a spinoff Harley Quinn movie and a new... Uh, you know, Suicide Squad with the guy who like left Disney for a while, like took a little break. Uh, yeah, yeah, they're they're firing in all directions all the time. Says so no one, no one's gonna miss you if you're gone. And like everyone was skeptic, like you're you're a comedic director. You got this project. You said it was important. Like you did the thing. I just don't. The week of, the week of, all of a sudden, you're you're telling everyone I'm too cool for this shit. Yeah, what's also, yeah, it's just so, all of it's really weird, and yeah, you would have been better served to not say anything. There's another weird wrinkle to this, by the way, that's kind of not being talked about as much, but, well, not being talked about through the lens of uh, Todd Phillips, but certainly being discussed, um, which is, so Joaquin Phoenix, uh, the noted weirdo who's starring in this movie, yes. um, he went on Jimmy Kimmel's show 
to promote yeah. the film. You know, I, I almost I almost watched this clip, but I have a hard time watching Joaquin Phoenix like be a person because Whoa. I don't think he's he's not very good at it. Well, you watch this, man, you'll be amazed. He's super charismatic and laid back and really engaged. Is that the truth? No, that none of that's true. Okay, he, all right. He looks like someone shoved him out there, and yes, <laughs> like it's always uncomfortable. He doesn't yeah. want to be there. No, I mean he's straight up. One of the questions he got asked was, "What was the first movie he ever saw?" as a kid and he refused to engage with that question (laughs) my favorite part by the way because this is not what i'm going to talk about at one point because kimmel is like was trying really hard to i don't know make a segment with joaquin phoenix work uh but at Mm -hmm. some point they talked about the dancing in joker and then uh the fact that joaquin phoenix like he asked if he had a a dancing background and Mm -hmm. he said that as a kid he liked to break dance and then oh, and Kimmel was kind of like, oh, do you do that uh, like for people or did you just do that by yourself? And he was like, well, I would just kind of do it for myself, like alone. And so Kimmel made some kind of joke about that, about like him being in his room, uh-huh. uh, breakdancing. And it was just Joaquin Phoenix going, well, you laugh, but it's serious to me. And it was just like, I mean, like you're talking yes, about breakdancing in your room. Yeah. It's like, impossible, man. Like, you just, can't do it. <laughs> It's come on, man. Like it's inherently a funny image to picture anyone breakdancing alone in their room. And I don't even think Kimmel was like trying to be, you know, I think he's he's one of those guys who whenever he's making any sort of public appearance, especially on TV, he has to pick a character to be because he doesn't know how to be himself or he doesn't want to be. And so he just, um, just like, I'm going to be this sort of weird today. And he just rolls with that because he's a gifted actor. So I, that's why I, it's really hard to watch him do stuff. Yeah. Was it worth it? Is it worth a watch? No, it's not. It's definitely, it's definitely not. But what I want to talk about though is so there was a, a really weird part. So, uh, towards the end of the interview, uh, Kimmel explains, he was like, I got sent some footage by Todd Phillips that, Mm -hmm. Uh, I get. I'll just say as a disclaimer. I guess like if you're skeptical, maybe you think all this is planned. It's really hard to tell sometimes with Joaquin Phoenix because like who knows? I mean, he did an entire press tour for a movie where he was in character the whole time. So like, it, granted, I get why people are skeptical. I'll just say it. It rang true to me that this did not feel planned and did not okay. feel intentional. Like like it didn't okay. feel like Joaquin Phoenix knew this was coming. But it's really weird. So basically. So Kimmel kind of sets him up. He said he asked him about like how it was on the set and Joaquin Phoenix is like, oh, we had a great time. It was great. Like just softball answer that you would expect. And then he kind of goes, mm-hmm. well, you know, that's interesting that you say that because I have this clip and he plays a clip and uh, it's Joaquin Phoenix getting very frustrated with um, the cinematographer Lawrence Scher. You know, just like the constant whispering, just shut the up, dude. I'm trying to like find something real. Sorry, it's, it's, it's only such a it's, it's not a big deal, it's not a big deal. Yeah, it kind of is. And I know you started the share thing, Larry. Yeah, it's funny, man, you're funny, me. Like I'm a diva. It's not even an insult. Share, really? Just singer, actor, dancer, fashion icon, how is that an insult? I can't do this, man. And now, granted, <laughs> The bar for this for me is uh, I you know obviously think of of the the goat Christian Bale. It's Christian Bale. Yeah, like uh-huh. good for you. Oh, good for you. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's the best of all time. Obviously, professionally, professionally, we're done. We're yeah. done, man. <laughs> How'd you feel if I, I just started messing up your lights? Sorry, like whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that that's still that's the gold standard for melting down. Yes. Are you going to make it? Uh, no. Is this the last show? This is it. Uh, is so, it over? It's definitely oh. over. Uh, so You got desert fever. But yeah, so it's a, it's, it's a close-up of uh, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, and he's he's getting frustrated with this guy, uh, Lawrence, and he says, like, he starts going, you know, the constant whisper, just shut the fuck up, dude. Uh, and then, so it's weird, because it only shows you can't hear the guy talking, but I guess at some point the guy calls him Cher. And like he he starts saying like, 
You know, I know you started the fucking share thing, Larry. You think it's so fucking funny making fun of me. I'm a fucking diva. <laughs> it's not even insult. Share, really? She's a singer, actor, dancer, fashion icon. How is that a fucking insult? Which I kind of love. It's a beautiful. That is good. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. But it ends with like he gets frustrated and he storms off the, the oh the it's set. great that his name's larry too he loved yelling at a guy named larry yeah right all guys what the fuck larry all guys named larry should be yelled at well you know what larry if i could turn back time i would have never hired your dumb ass <laughs> but so they show the clip and then they cut back to joaquin phoenix and he seems genuinely uh, embarrassed by it and he shows remorse like it's kind of funny because he does do a little bit of like well I mean he shouldn't have been whispering when I was trying to do the scene you know but mm-hmm. he's like but you know like I got frustrated and I I regret the way that I talked to him and like but he also like is making it very clear where he's kind of like you know I, I'm embarrassed I didn't this wasn't supposed to get out like you're not you know like this yeah. is it was a set like I got I was in it and then I got and to be honest like I, I'll just say like you haven't seen it but having watched it it felt pretty benign to me like he's being a dick sure but like kind of an understandable if you think about the way that films work I mean he's probably in every shot of this movie or if, right, if right, not right. you know most anyway so he's probably working really long hours he's him so yeah I'm sure he's very yeah. intense about it you know and some guy's talking and you're trying to film and he got frustrated and he said stuff to the guy that also seemed 50% about being pissed that the guy had like you know, nicknames for him and like was clearly <laughs> like, sure. Yeah. If every once in a while you can't call someone an asshole that you work with, then I guess we'll just move to Iran. <laughs> right. I mean, well then, uh, yeah, if that's the case, then Todd Phillips was right. <laughs> but, uh, but what's weird to me. So like, obviously this is being talked about and you know, people are weighing in and stuff, but what hit me is like taking a step back and thinking about it. Todd Phillips sent this to Jimmy Kimmel to surprise Joaquin Phoenix with. That's just a shitty thing to do. Yeah, if that is if that is true, that is a, a shitty thing to do. And I trust your opinion. You're used to you're, you're pretty good at seeing through bullshit. You actually you actually called that Joaquin Phoenix shit back in the day. You <laughs> yeah, were like, yeah. it's not it's not real. Yeah. I really don't think it's real. I think it comes out and then the next week they say, Yeah, none of that was real. Yeah, I kind of feel like I have a weird barometer for <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for reading Joaquin Phoenix. It's a useless yep. skill. Oh, otherwise. you said that shit too about Balloon Boy. You're like, oh Balloon Boy is not in that balloon. Oh yeah. Balloon yeah. Boy's hiding someplace <laughs> i do have a good track record so yeah okay yeah, so, yeah you're good at you're good at seeing through bullshit so if you say it rings true I'm, i'll take you at your word because well, it's also i think the the other reason that it rings true is because it feels very like if you were staging that or like if this was all some weird viral marketing it would have been bigger you know right, like right, it right. just felt very like i'm annoyed with the guy that i'm working with and i'm saying yeah, like the movie's about to come out. I don't give a shit about this guy anymore. I don't have to work with him ever again if I yeah. don't want to. And um, I'm, I bet Kimmel doesn't give a fuck either because he's a really difficult guest. Yeah. So maybe if he were a great guest, Kimmel wouldn't have done it. He's like, I'm going to wait and see how he is. Yeah. And if he's he had if he's fun, really yeah. making life hard for me, the clip's being shown. Maybe, yeah. It was like... Or it was just yeah. If there's if there's nothing else memorable about this conversation, which there really kind of wasn't, except oh the beatboxing thing, the you know breakdancing thing was fun. Right, but, right, right. But uh, but yeah, I mean, it's just but yeah, it's I, to me like I do really think that you know actors are ridiculous, and I'll just say that at the top. Like, and I. I rolled my eyes a lot at because there were the, some of the other stuff that came out was the idea that Joaquin Phoenix was sort of methody and he would storm off the set at, at sometimes anyway, except he never did it with De Niro, which is such a tell of like how much bullshit yeah. all this method stuff is of like, I method until the person that I'm afraid of is around. And then, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like I'm very professional, Mr. De Niro, you know, but, <laughs> but so not to defend Joaquin Phoenix, who I would not want to make a movie with probably mm-hmm. uh but i just think there's something shitty about like what's hard about being an actor and the part that i don't think gets enough like sort of attention really is to to be an act and you and i have done very low stakes filming of things that are not oh, yeah. consequential but even doing that what you realize is like 
that you have no control over anything. Your entire job really relies on you trusting a director. Like you don't know how you're going to look, you know, sometimes you're Hayden Christensen, you know, and like yeah. you're yelling at green screens and tennis balls and then you look like an asshole when the movie comes out. And totally. And there are people who have defended him who have said that like he is a good actor. Otherwise, you know, he just looks bad in the movies that we all saw, which is not good for him. But like, you know what I mean? Like you don't have control over the final product. You come, you do a job. It's really up to the director and editing and all of that to like make you either look good or look bad or whatever, you know? I mean, mm-hmm. granted, there's talent involved. There's there's other factors, but it's just at the end of the day, you don't have control over the end product at all. You don't have control over th- the way things are presented. All you can really do is trust a director and you're going to get a lot of the blame if it's bad. You know, like, in, and we all do that. We're like, what happened? Like, I loved this actor. And then they did this movie and they're shit in it. Like, I don't know. Why are they so bad in this movie? And like, sometimes they're bad, but sometimes they had no control over it. So anyway, all of that to say, it's a shitty move as a director to then what you're signaling. You're already going around going like, well, I don't make comedies because you pussies anymore. You already fucking ruined it. <laughs> but on top of that, it, to me, if I'm a actor, I look at that and go like, I don't want to work with the guy who's going to give footage to talk shows of like my worst day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Good call. That is a it's a it's a dick move. I don't understand it. Also, you're telling me there's not footage of Todd Phillips being a dick on the set of that. That's <laughs> like not getting out. Right. I right, heard. Yeah. I heard he went around asking if there was going to be a gangbang. Cast <laughs> <laughs> all the time. That's how he got called to set. Ridiculous. He's really pushing this. Thing. Yeah, I don't. He's really into it. <laughs> it's like remember, I you know, um, when. Uh, we said, yeah, okay, so Christian Bale did choose to talk in that Batman voice, but no one told him to stop. Yeah. And that's the real problem. He right. made a choice as an actor, and no one told him to stop. Perfect example. Yeah, 100%. And again, that was, uh, you know, just to really name drop, but that was Kevin Conroy who said that, like, in an interview, right. you know, like, because I brought it up to him, and he, yeah, he was the one, because again, the, from his perspective, like, yeah. I, that, that to me, he's like, as an actor, I watch that and I go like, why did no one catch that? Right. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I don't know. The interesting move, Todd Phillips. We'll see how it works out for you. It, it, the movie's going to do, I just, yeah. I, yeah. Like I said, I don't know. It, it seems super ego driven and I don't get that. Yeah. I just, I don't just Never has anyone more in their life needed to just shut up and coast their way to, like, an Oscar nomination. Yeah. And the thing is, he's probably, he probably has talked himself out of it at this point. Like, that's the weird thing is, like, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, you know, it'll probably do really well, but you probably hurt your chances, at least for Best Picture. Sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With, With, yeah. Just marring that. Yep. Yep. Sometimes the best thing to do is is just nothing. Just, mm-hmm. This seems to. I did all the stuff, and all the stuff I did is making things go really well. So I'm not gonna fuck with that. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred percent. Well, do you want to have a, a bit of a wonkier but potentially interesting conversation? Do you want to get lost in the weeds a little bit? <sighs> nah. Okay. Oh, I was gonna say we could just we could call it a day if you want. No. No. Let's do it. Let's okay. Do it. We're here already. All the stuff's here. So I saw this is a Hollywood Reporter article that came out, and it's really interesting. Apparently, the whole story, just to summarize it a little bit, is the fact that apparently a lot of existing intellectual properties uh, from the 80s are now, based on the copyright laws that have been passed, uh, will essentially, the people who created them can reclaim the rights so they that uh i think it's 35 years it says like that so if you, if you wrote something 35 years ago uh and you sold you know you sold that idea to a studio or you sold the rights to a studio after 35 years our copyright laws allow you to file a claim to get the rights back 
Okay, for for nothing, you don't have to buy them back. You can just file a claim, say their time is up and I'm taking it back. Yeah, like I guess it was built in to just because I think the deal, like the the thought process, and it's interesting to think about, you know, when this happened was sort of like, you know, you you sell the rights to or one of the ones that we're going to talk about is like Terminator, you know, Mm -hmm. that just they own the the intellectual property they can't just like apparently some i don't know how it was decided but the idea was like after 35 years they can't just keep making terminator movies off of the same yeah. deal that they worked out at some point it's up to them to kind of like renegotiate or like you know like it's just an out to be like look 35 years that's the that's cap. A long ass time that's the cap we give you <laughs> after that point whatever the deal you get a second uh-huh. chance to and i think that the way that it works if i understand it correctly is if you don't file a claim they just keep the rights or whatever but you're allowed okay. to kind of come back and and so yeah so one of them is terminator um which uh basically the uh Gail Ann Hurd, the original's writer, uh filed you know, this copyright claim. And so basically it's really interesting with Terminator because they're saying that the the Skydance media, which you know, because Terminator which got passed around for fucking ever, right. like the people that are making the new one that's getting ready to come out could actually lose the rights to make Terminator movies starting November 2020. Oh shit! Yeah, but yeah. So it says uh, in the late 70s. Stop! I hope I hope Gail gets them back and just sits on them because, whew. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. I, well, that's a question too of how much it's like. If you're smart and you're the original screenwriter, let that cool for a while. <laughs> yes. Really, let the the goodwill build back up for yep. another Terminator. Put, put that in a vault with a timer. Uh, but so Lord, so yeah, but it goes on to say, so it was like the, the late seventies that the law was amended. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of movies. So there's a lot of eighties movies that this affects and the ones that it mentions, uh, Gary K. Wolf is looking to terminate Disney's rights to the book that became who framed Roger Rabbit. Uh, the heirs of the Beetlejuice screenwriter, Michael McDowell aimed to do the same for the script of the 1998 Warner brothers film. Uh, that can't be right. It says 1998. I think it means 1988 because it, it, it was definitely not 98. That no. uh, the family of the novelist Roderick Thorpe is terminating mm-hmm. Fox's grip on Nothing Lasts Forever, aka Die Hard. Uh, oh, thank God! Yeah, right. That one again. That's another one you put in a vault. <laughs> yeah, uh, and you never make another movie, honestly, because just stop. No, stop, Be- because because Bruce Willis can't do it anymore, and he is the only one that should. Yep. Uh, and then it says other works subject to termination include Predator and Nightmare on Elm Street. Um, yeah, and it also says that like Stephen King is uh, interested in this, like that there's Stephen King uh, deals out there that he's trying to get back. So there's, but anyway, so potentially like there's a lot of shit, you know? Uh, yeah. Pet cemetery. It actually says that like, apparently that was the reason they made this new pet cemetery is cause they knew Stephen King was going to challenge them and try to get the rights back. So they like snuck it in. Oh, worth it. Um, so f- first, what has been done with Roger rabbit since Roger rabbit? Uh, nothing. Okay. Right. Well, Roger Rabbit. Would they, ha- would they have to take down all the shit in the amusement parks? Oh God, that I don't know. I mean, if they don't, that's do. Oh, can they stop? Oh, can they stop lame couples f- from dressing up like like Roger and Jessica Rabbit for Halloween? Because that'd be fantastic. Yeah, they're going to send a cease and desist to everyone who wears that costume. Oh, fantastic. And then they'll have to go to the Halloween store and get, yeah. uh, like... Robert Ribbert. Robert Ribbert and sexy redhead sequin dress. <laughs> By the way, that's something uh, I've considered, and maybe I should follow through with this. Because Molly and I went to the Halloween store, of course, uh-huh. um, just to wander around. But I kind of almost want to make a new... You know how we're beloved for our games on this show. Uh, oh, yeah. That is, I think that's half the reason people tune in and listen every week, just in case there's another one. Yeah, they keep hoping. And we've we've left them high and dry for quite some time. But I kind of want to make, like, can you guess uh, what the thing is ripping off if I give you the generic costume name? Just game? the name? Oh, yeah. my God. 
Yeah. So if you get, yeah. So I think I might try to pull the trigger on that one. Sure. As we get closer to Halloween. It's spooky. Maybe we'll do that on our spooktacular. Oh, we do. That is true. You were, don't worry. We're already having behind the scenes meetings for this year's spooktacular. Uh, I think Lars is in charge of cups. I am. I always sign up for cups. Yeah. Suckers. It's really, I mean, ever since Solo started releasing orange cups, it really changed the game. Yeah. (laughs) Really makes it feel more festive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially since they put uh, Jesus on them now. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because he's the reason for the season. Every season. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I don't know. So I died for our seasons. I just I thought that was interesting. I don't know that I have anything uh, particularly to say, but I, I don't know. It could really shake some shit up. Like I guess you know. Good. I think it should just, just stop making all of those movies. The Shane Black Predator movie was good. I think I think that was the last one that's come out. So just leave it at that. So so that's done. Boom. Uh, we talked about Die Hard. Stop. Terminator. Stop. I mean. Or the other ones. Stop all those two. Yeah, I mean, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is interesting because, like, on the one hand, you think, like, oh, well, there hasn't really been a lot, so it's not burnt out in the way that some of these others are. But also, so much of that movie relied on the use of Warner Brothers and Disney characters, so you're never fucking getting that again anyway. Yeah. Yeah, You can have Roger Rabbit, and he can hang out with... Jessica Rabbit and <laughs> the baby with the cigar. Um, yeah, yeah, that that one, that one, not sweating too much. You know, there's with the with these franchises that have just kept going, like resurfacing every once in a while, like the Loch Ness monster. There's there's nostalgia. And then there's making good movies, and then there's beating a dead horse. And I don't want things to, I don't want movies to stop that make people happy, but like, they could be, you could be making better movies. You know, there's other movies to make that have different names or maybe even different plots and characters no. that are, are also good. Honestly, yeah, I mean, it's unlikely to happen, but I guess I would just love to live in a world where people just got their intellectual property back after 35 years and were just like, I'm just going to sit on it. I'm just, yeah, I don't yeah. just, just chill. Like I'm right. Right. But then someone backs up a, a dump truck full of cash and I don't blame you. Cause it's just a movie who, who cares. But sometimes it's like, I, I don't, I don't know. Like is someone, is someone watching the, the Terminator movie where they half-assed tried to explain why the Terminator aged. <laughs> like does someone see that movie and say, no, this is my favorite Terminator movie. It's not Terminator 2 Judgment Day. This is the superior Terminator movie. Does someone say that? No. I, yeah, no, I, I don't think they do. It's also, it's weird sometimes because, like, you just get into a point, like, who are the Die Hard movies for at this point? Like, you right. know, I just, I, I fell asleep during the last one. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't even bother i i watched the i watched the one that took place in that in on the on dc in baltimore and yeah. then that was just that was so that was something and so i said i don't i don't think i think i'm good i think i'm good from now on there was like a kernel of an idea for a movie in there i think mm-hmm. there was something timothy oliphant was making choices yeah, good yeah uh cliff robertson i think was in it. it's a um uh good performances just like what's What's going on here? What are yeah. we doing now? <laughs> I even like the ending. I thought the ending was strong on that one. But like, sure. I don't know. The last one. When for, he jumps on the the jet? No, not that part. That part's garbage and should be cut oh, okay. from that movie. Okay, but, cool. But no, the part where they're in the warehouse and he, uh, I, I guess, spoil, I'm going to spoil this movie. Sorry, guys. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I know the one person who, what would even be that person? They love Die Hard. They're getting around slowly <laughs> to watching all of the sequels. <laughs> uh, but they just haven't gotten there yet. But no, and they, what happens is that he shoots Timothy Oliphant through, like he shoots through his own shoulder to shoot right. Timothy Oliphant. Right, right, right. Because he right. says like, your tombstone should say always in the wrong place at the wrong time. And he goes, actually, it should say, yippee ki motherfucker. And he shoots himself to shoot right. the guy. It's decent. 
Yeah, that's that's decent. That's rad. It's yeah. not bad. It's just like I I am I am. Done. There was that whole sequence with 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 um, Kevin's Kevin Smith, and it was just uh, it's whatever, man. It's whatever. You know what it really is. I must be honest. Kevin Smith was in that movie, and he had a life size cardboard cutout of Boba Fett in his command center, and I was like, "Fuck you!" and "Fuck Boba Fett." More of a Star Wars guy. He does that. Yeah. No, I don't know why Kevin Smith's in that movie. I don't know what purpose that he serves. Except I want to know more about his friendship with Justin Long. I want to really know. I want to see them. What do hang they out. do? Where yeah. do they hang out? They're like, they're like Mac and PC. <laughs> One of them literally was. He was. Look, that's the thing. You replace Kevin Smith with John Hodgman. And now we have a movie. Actually, you replace any of those characters with John Hodgman, and I'm more excited for that. I, you did dealer's oh, choice. John Hodgman is John McClane. I'd be into it. He could play Lucy McClane. He could definitely be Timothy Oliphant. Um, Red, Red. Um, yeah, it's not that. Yeah, I, you know, don't let. I'm not. Say, granted, I'm not saying this about Transformers movies because lots of people take shit on them. But you know what? They they, we all know what these are now, so we can choose whether or not to watch them. And they make lots and lots and lots and lots of people happy. And technology only benefits how awesome they look and cool. I'm talking about this stuff where, you know, John McClane's doing this now. Now the predator shows up here. And if you're making them all the same quality, that's one thing. So we know to to expect, but you're like, you know, here's here, this predator movie is going to be a, Easy to watch and fun. This next one, garbage. The next one, decent. But you didn't see it because the last one was garbage. What are we doing? Yeah, but also it requires that you've seen the last one. Because there's some important yeah, part of the last one. You have to go watch that garbage to <laughs> yeah. know what's happening here. You can watch every single... Look, you don't know... Huh, watch one Transformer movie and you don't know what's happening at the end from the beginning i've never like understood you just know the, the 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 movie changes plot several times in between it doesn't matter they're giant robots fighting each other and they turn into cars and shit that's fine man i will say i i don't understand these transformers movies i don't watch them in general but one time i was in a public place and whatever one that has stanley tucci in it he mm. walked out he made an entrance with like some women into like a building and was walking with purpose. And I didn't understand anything that was happening, but I was fucking riveted by Stanley Tucci's performance. So I guess that's an endorsement of that one. So find (laughs) the one Stanley Tucci's in and watch that scene (laughs) where he does stuff or actually now that I'm saying it out loud, watch other things that he's done because he's usually Uh, Yeah, I was going to say Spotlight. Watch Spotlight. Yeah, that's good. Watch watch Big Night. Enjoy that one. There we go. Devil Wears Prada. He's really good in that. Too. But uh, I'll throw this out here. Like, so uh, recently I was having uh, like a, I was at a thing and people were talking about if you could be in any movie, what would you be? And everyone was saying like, I'd be in the Fast and the Furious or I'd be in the Matrix or I'd be in whatever. And I, that was so ridiculous to me because my answer is like, I would be in the movie Chef. Like I would be mm-hmm. in a movie that involves no stakes and me just yeah. eating food from well, a there food are truck. some stakes and sh- like literal stakes. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> but yeah, it's just me and John Favreau like eating food is really that's yeah, the world good that, food. Sure, yeah, but the, the, yeah. but let me add, like since we got a little bit of time, what about you? Like, what would do you have a oh um, Caligula? <laughs> okay, it's yeah. I have no follow-up. I don't. I wasn't asking more questions. I know you're a big Malcolm McDowell fan. I am, <laughs> and and anal fisting. Ah, <laughs> uh, then yeah. Why aren't we rebooting that movie and doing some sequels? Who has the rights? Oh, because it's because it's currently happening with the leaders of this country. Oh, right, right. <laughs> Caligula made a horse a senator. That's true. Are we getting political? Do we want to talk about Nickelback? No. But they're not even... They're Canadian. No, but they got dragged into this shit. You didn't see that? No. Oh. Don't... I don't want to know, I don't think. They're they're in it now. They're in the mix. Oh, boy. Yeah. 
<laughs> we'll just leave it at that. I guess when you don't really have any goodwill, you can do as you please. They didn't. It wasn't their fault. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Nickelback <laughs> defender, but they. Okay, look. There's a couple minutes. Just go ahead and lay it on me. So the president of the United States, using his official platform, uh, Twitter. Uh, posted a video that was like attacking Joe Biden and his son, but he used the Nickelback song photograph to like, as, Oh no. Yeah. Did he yeah. really? Yes. Yeah. No, it's real. No. It's real. <laughs> what, what was it? So, how is that an attack song? Well, because, because it was a photo. He showed a photograph of the Bidens in the Ukraine. Oh, my fuck. But yeah, no, that's for real on his real Twitter. <laughs> we also, you know what? Like, since we're here, I I, get, oh I, I so rarely get to talk politics, but I'm just going to uh, read. The, this, is, this is the last thing. This is from uh, also from Donald Trump's Twitter. I just want to read this because sometimes I like to go, like, just take a moment and just try to ground myself and realize that like like if i had been in a but if i had been in a coma for like five years and i woke Uh up and saw this that it it feels very like back to the future too you know but like this is a tweet that the president uh posted Mm. uh this week now the press is trying to sell the fact that i wanted a moot m-o-o-t Stuffed with alligators and snakes with an electrified fence and sharp spikes on top at our southern border. I may be tough on border security, but not that tough. The press has gone crazy. Fake news. Okay. I just, the level of insanity that that is an official statement from the president. He misspelled the word moat and also he's... (coughs) See, like, yeah, yeah, I know. It's like what's and he's spreading disease through the Southwest. But the fact that there was a story that said the president wanted his border wall to have alligators and snakes in a moat and that mm. that idea is credible enough that we're mm. not sure if it's real or not. And he's weighing it on <laughs> because no, one, like, that's the thing. It, like, you know, say what you will about any, you know, I'll, I'll pick Jimmy Carter. He just had a birthday. Maybe maybe he mm. didn't like Jimmy Carter when he's president. I know a lot of people think he wasn't a great president. If I told you, hey, man, when Jimmy Carter was president, you know that he wanted to build a moat with like alligators and snakes in it. And, no. Uh, Mr. Be, peanut. No. Be like, what around his peanut farm? That's where he wanted to. T- yeah. <laughs> yeah. You wouldn't believe that. Yeah. So oh, anyway, that's that's the world we live in. <laughs> Nickelback. So are people attacking Nickelback now? I, you know, I don't know. I think people are very confused. I mean, more, more than usual. But I, again, you shouldn't punch down. But seriously, I think they're people are just confused. They don't really know. I don't. Yeah, is Nickelback the victim here? I don't really know. It, it kind of sounds. It kind of sounds like maybe they are. But you know, I'm. A, I'm me personally. I'm just glad that song is getting some more airplay because it bangs. It like really yeah, fucking yeah, slaps. Yeah. Well, yeah, they have to be a musician because they, they you know couldn't they couldn't make it as a blind man. <laughs> make it as a poor man's feeling. Yeah, which Nickelback song would you have used to attack your political rivals? Oh, um, the one um that's like yeah, we're we're shitty. Oh, yeah. uh, the songs sound the same, and it all sounds bad. Oh, that was a good one. Yeah. I don't know why I attack. I just don't listen to them. I don't know why I have to talk shit as well. <laughs> it's kind of mean. Yeah, it's it's, it's me. They've they've been through a lot this week. You know what? They're still successful. They're they're hugely popular and make lots and lots of money. So, you know what, guys? The joke's on me. And also, clearly, the president of the United States loves them. This is how you remind me of how it like it's. So remember, question everything. <laughs> like, it's not even a good song. Is he trying to be? I I don't even know. Maybe he loves it. <laughs> Maybe that's like his anthem. Grind your heels into the sheets. Grit your teeth and get some sleep this evening. 
counting sheep. For the gangbang? Hobo Radio is a production of Hobotrashcan.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate or review it on iTunes. Hear more great shows on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network, like this one. This is Joe. And this is Chris from the Curioso Podcast. You are currently listening to the Hobo Radio. Joe, do hobos listen to Hobo Radio? I think so. They have one in their stick and bindle, right? Uh, that's called a bindle stiff, sir. Bindle stiff. And you know what? If you listen to the Curioso, you will get to know things like that. Because we talk about the weird, the strange, the bizarre, and sometimes the mundane that you just don't know. So enjoy your two hobos, but you can catch us at thecurioso.com on the Peak Sloth Podcast Network. Nicholas Cage wants you to. <laughs>